The following presentation is brought to you by KMmedia.pro. Please visit KMmedia.pro for more information. Now stay right where you are as we present. Welcome to Positive Talk Radio, evolving ideas, one conversation at a time. Great guests, dynamic stories and interviews, plus new thoughts on a wide range of topics and concepts. I hope that you'll hang with me, Kevin McDonald, my friends, and of course, you, as together we work to understand why we are all here and what we can do to make our world a better place for all of us to be happy, be kind, and live in peace together. Yep, that's Positive Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to Positive. Yep, that's Positive Talk Radio. All right. That's why we're here is to try and help people learn how to live their lives a little bit more authentically and, and to live it in peace, mm. especially today. We, mm-hmm. need, we really need our world to, to live in peace and to be kind to everyone and, and to recognize that we are all, we're all the same human family. So, mm. um, and speaking of the same human family, we've got a wonderful lady with us today. And, you know, I keep forgetting, I forgot that she's also, you know, you see my backdrop in the background and that's the Seattle center. No, that's the Seattle center and that's Mount Rainier. And, uh, and so that must mean that we're in Seattle and she is also in Seattle, which is, she lives, uh, like, at the very base of where the space needle lives, where the base of the space needle is, um, and uh, in Queen Anne Hill, and it's, uh, I grew up there. I don't live there anymore. No, I figured yeah. I, I not. <laughs> yes, no, it's it's a, it's expensive there. It is very expensive there. Yes. Yeah, and her her name is Sandy and St- Sandy Stamato. Uh, that's correct, right? That's correct, Sandy Stamato. Boy, I got that right. Um, and and she is a transitional life coach, and uh, she's got a program that she calls. I love this program that you have, by the way. That she calls it a uh, limb dweller. Uh, what does that mean exactly? Limb well, yeah. Well, thank you, Kevin. Thank you for having me on your show. And I really, I just want to put a shout out because I love the philosophy and what you're what you're doing. Because you're right, we we all need a little bit more kindness days. So. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Um, My business, yes. My business is actually called Limb Dweller Transitional Coaching. And um, it's kind of funny. That's usually the first question everybody asks me because nobody knows what a limb dweller is. And sometimes I just have to laugh because, you know, I'm writing a book about it. I I did this international summit and I talked with women from all over the world about limb dwelling. And, um, you know, it's the reason why I get up in the morning. But I definitely didn't always feel that way. And so here's where the story comes from. When I was about 28 years old, I was so lost. I I just, I came from an accomplished family. It's like my sisters knew what they were doing. They all had like a game plan. And me, I graduated in college and I kind of went from job to job. You know, are you my mommy? Are you my mommy? I mean, I tried, <laughs> I tried all these jobs, you know, and it was like I'd last two weeks here or maybe two months there. And I just felt like such a flake. And so I call, I had a wonderful mentor. And if anybody's a Seattleite listening to this, they may know her. Her name was Tracy um, O'Day. And she was oh, my yeah. mentor. Oh, did you know Tracy? I have met her, I think. Oh, she passed. Unfortunately, she passed a few years back, but she was my mentor for 25 years. Amazing woman. So I called her. I'm in tears. I'm 28 years old. I feel like I'm washed up in this town. 
And her snarky receptionist answered and said, Trace would call me back. And she said, oh, Sandy, is she at this number? And I said, oh, no, no, I have a new number. And she started laughing and she said, geez, Sandy, I'm going to have to start putting your phone number down in pencil. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I wish I could say I'd laughed at that point. I was crushed. I re literally remember it like it was yesterday. I'm looking at the phone and I remember I, I went, ha ha, and hung up and I burst into tears. Because you know what I felt like? I felt like this woman saw exactly who I was. I felt like she like, you know, stuck her hands and opened up my chest and looked right straight into the essence of who I was and said, you're a flake. Everybody knows it. So I was in tears. I was just, I was heartbroken. And right at that point, Tracy called me and she heard my hello wall and I was crying and she's windy. Sometimes it's lonely. Sometimes it's scary. But oh, what a view. <laughs> yep. I would love to meet her today. Oh, I'll tell you, I don't, that, when she said that to me, that completely changed the trajectory of my life. I just started exploring things. Matter of fact, one of those sisters that was so accomplished, <laughs> she was like, blah, blah, blah. and I said, I'm a limb dweller. You know, <laughs> like, she's like, whatever you're into. But I have to tell you, it got rid of some of that shame where I could start doing what I wanted to do. And there was no shame in it. And so today, um, this was just a, this was a, you know, just a wonderful little, you know, little limb dweller story that turned into this business. And as I started sharing it with more and more people, I didn't realize how many people, you know, that square peg in a round hole, how many people had shame about their natural essence of who they are around that particular issue. So it has been, it has been, that's literally why I get up in the morning. I love what I do. And so I work with women that are, you know, 50 and beyond that are going through transition. And when they have that in their, 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 their you know, their, their backpack that they're starting this new venture on, and we're starting a venture on that's that's some of the stuff we unpack so to speak that's what i call the third trimester mm, there you go because you know we from one to one to 25 we're just trying to figure out who we are as as humans and then from 25 to 50 where that's the meat of our careers and raising kids and having the picket fence and getting the right. dog and all that kind of stuff right. and then after 50 a lot of us go okay um kids are moving out um now what now yeah. what am i gonna do exactly it's interesting you know i work primarily with women but for a while i was working almost almost entirely with men because it's not a you know it's definitely a human experience of of that that feeling it's like what's my identity if i'm gonna you know especially when we're in our late 50s early 60s you know that's there's not really any role models for how to do this differently you know, it's like I grew up with my dad, got a watch, the gold watch at 65, had a party, kind of envy him. But that was never that's just that's 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 just not who I am. So I started this particular business. I mean, I've been doing consulting, business consulting and coaching for a while, but I focused specifically on transitional coaching this last year. And I'm like, I feel like I'm like 40 just starting. You know, let's get going here, folks. So I don't know. I. uh it's 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 a good life and i'm really happy that i'm doing what i'm doing i'm happy that you're doing what you're doing too because it's mm -hmm. so needed because yeah. <clears throat> you know even even at the tender age now i can say this now because it's in it's in my rear view mirror but at right. the tender age of 50 um when i was a kid i thought 50 was old right. but then you get to be 50 and hell that's not that old at all 
but we're, but finding the transition of who you really are yes. and what your passion is really about. Yes. It's, it's hard to do, especially when you've lived your entire life one way and most of it, especially women in service to others. Exactly. And now they're going to be, have to figure out a way to live their passion and to, and to, it, well, first of all, how many women come to you and when you say, what's your passion? They say, what do you say? I have no idea what you're talking about. Usually I say your calling because I think everybody has a calling. And so, I'll, you know, some people come to me because they actually do have a, they've been wanting to kind of to do something like it's one of those things like there's no way I could do it. But if I could, this is what I'd want to do. And so that's the calling of the passion. Um, I'm working with a woman right now who's turning 60, who has, you know, she, she, <laughs> she said to me, she's like, I, it's like, I keep getting niggled, you know, these niggles, like, go do something, go do something. And she's like, what, you know, because <laughs> you know, yeah, help me out here. So she really wants to do something with this next phase of life, but she's, and she had heard me on this, inter, this summit and um, she wanted to do some coaching and was so fascinating. This woman grew up in a, you know, communistic environment growing up where there was no, there was no, there were no choices. You either did this, this, or this. She had no choices. And here she is at, you know, the tender age of like, I think she was 57 or 58. And she said, you know what? I, I have choices now. She said, but I don't know what to do. You know, so it was so fascinating to me that there are people that have that square peg and around hole feeling, no matter what the job, but hers in particular really struck me because it's like, God, we have, we live, we have such abundance in our world. We have, we are so blessed. We are so blessed to talk to someone who had no choices. I mean, teacher, I mean, literally there were like, she told me there were three places, there were three slots she could do. So it was really humbling too. So we're- Do you, we're, do you find that, that, and one of the taglines for the, the, positive talk radio is I, I believe that we, every human goes through a period in time when they so say two things. One, is this all there is? Mm. And what am I here to do? to do? Yes, yes, yes. And yes, especially at an age, you know, that later 50, wherever that mark is. Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of the people I work with are self-employed. So, you know, they have to make money, right? They don't have this big, you know, fat 401k, whatever, you know, in many cases, but they also, you know, you can make money. And again, we're, we live in a very bountiful world. We can make money in a lot of different ways, but it's really like, what am I going to do to leave a legacy? Like, what do I, what, what do I want to leave here? I've got precious time. Where do I want to spend it? Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just curious with you when you started your podcasting, how old were you when you I mean, what happened for you when you went, oh, you know, what am I going to do with this precious time? Was there a point that you remember? I, there actually was an, an exact point, And that mm -hmm. was uh, when I was like 41, 42. I'd been in um, restaurant management and and uh, food service sales and sales management, and I was a national. I'm the only chicken salesman you've ever met. I'm willing to bet. <laughs> well, um, my husband was a pickle salesman in New York. Uh, so <laughs> dill pickles. Was it was it craft dill pickles or was no? It, it was a big barrel. This is back uh, in New York. Back in the <laughs> back in the day. Okay, well, that's why I married yeah. him. Carry on. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, and there was a point in time when I said, uh, is this all there is? 
And so I went in search of finding more. And in my case, it was a more of a spiritual uh, adventure to to learn more than what I knew before, uh, because I grew up in a Lutheran, very strict, very Missouri Synod, very conservative uh, background. And and so I wanted to learn more about that. And then I then I discovered that I I could do radio, and that I was actually good at doing radio. And that was how I wanted to. And I and I thought that because I'd been a sales manager and stuff that I could sell enough advertising to make it all work. Sadly, I wasn't able to do that. Uh, but it's, so it's been a, a transition in, of 20 years since, but, but it was, that's, that really was, it was like, okay, is this all there is? And how am I going to make my mark in the world? Yes. And I could be, I could be a, a food service salesperson until I retire. And then they, by the way, at 50, they, they backwater you. And so you, you aren't. What does that mean backwater? That means that you get to keep the job that you've got, but they don't look at you for promotions anymore. And that you are, you are then they're they're kind of waiting for you to retire. Um, You've done a good job. And so they don't want to fire you, but they, but they don't want to promote you either. Hmm. So there isn't the challenges that in the particular industry that I was in. So there wasn't the challenges and I wanted to live my life to be more free and to, and to follow my passion and, and to, and that's, so that's what I chose to do. Yeah. And then speaking of a limb dweller, I got on the limb and then took the saw and cut off behind me uh, because you know what I mean? (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Because it, it ended up being that, you know, after, after my radio thing was done, my life turned into a bad country music song for about oh three years. You know, my dad died, my dog died, my wife left me, my yeah. lost my house, I declared bankruptcy. You know, all all those yeah. fun things in life, and um, and but it was important that I it and I still feel this today that the sum total of your life and the experiences that you have make up who you are, and you have to honor that. Well, you don't have to yeah. do anything, but. In my world, I wanted to honor that. I yeah. wanted to honor who I believed, God, the universe, whoever you want to call it. I, I believe that that's what they wanted me to do. Yeah, and, absolutely. And so I've since I'm only here for a short period of time, um, and I, as as it turns out, I have a house over, you know, a, a roof over my head. I get to, sadly, as you can see, eat as much as I want. I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. So for me, it's all worked out just fabulously. Yeah. And you know what's really cool? Hmm. I get to talk to people like you. Oh, well, I, you know what? I get that. I get that. I lost some, you know, when I made the choice, because I think that's what, what happens. A lot of people are afraid to make changes because it's going to affect their marriage. It's, yep. you know, what if I change so much that no longer we have a connection? You know, what are my friends going to think? I mean, it takes so much courage in chutzpah to, to, to put a stake in the ground and say, you know what? I know I could do this, but I am literally called, like you were called to do this. I want to follow a spiritual path or I want to do, you know, my creative ventures, whatever it is, you know, start a business, whatever it is. And hopefully that's all infused with spirit, because I really truly believe that calling comes from a really sacred place. And I think we all have our own calling. 
And it, uh, it, it was funny. Just I have to tell you real quick. Yeah. Uh, when I left, when I left the food service company I was with, a couple uh, about, about a year later, I went back for a awards banquet. Of, I was invited to go there, so I went. And the director of purchasing, he walks up to me and goes, "You know." With a drink in his hand, <laughs> of course. You, you know, I'm, I'm really in, impressed that you did that all by yourself and that stuff. And I think it was just phenomenal that you did that. I love you, man. <laughs> exactly. And it was like he was chicken shit to do it yeah. himself, and yeah. he was living vicariously through what I was doing. He didn't know that it wasn't as successful, but but you know, it's it's a matter of you know we don't get the fifty thousand foot view right and and so it but and for me i'm 64 i've been doing this for a couple of years i get to be retired now i've got enough money to do just fine thank you very much and so this is how i choose to spend my time and the universe lined it all up for me that's what i try and get people to understand the universe made it all happen i didn't they did so it was the ease that you was is that what you're talking about just for people that might not know what that means are you talking about like the ease that you stepped into it and there was an ease to it yes yeah that's well in in, in fact everything that we do and if you honor the things that come to you i'm supposed to be interviewing you by the way but if you honor the thing <laughs> if you honor the things that come to you and you take them seriously i'll give you an example I was with my son. We were driving up on Pack Highway. I have somebody that worked with that said, there's a 55-plus community that was right near where we were driving. And I said, son, let's, you know, he said that I should go there. So we went to this facility, and my son was with me. And and it just so happened that a real estate person was there. And so they, she showed us a place, didn't like it. And uh, we were leaving and she was taking me back to the, where the office was. And she stopped into an, in front of another house, which is where I live today, that she did. It's a mobile home community. Wow. And she did not represent that house, but she said, you know, I'll just drop you. We'll just look at this house just to see what you think. It was perfect. It was exactly what I wanted. Mm. It was a price that I could afford and pay cash for because mobile homes it. were a lot cheaper. Yeah. And, and, uh, and so I was able to do that because I was trying to set myself up so that when I wasn't, I was bus driving a bus for King County Metro at the time. And I wanted to set myself up so that I could make, I could live on less money. Right. So for my, uh, retirement with a little bit of pension. And so we moved in here. I started moving in here and, uh, I was, um, carrying a lamp up the stairs of the front walk onto the, onto the deck, tripped, fell, broke the lamp and tore my rotator cuff completely. Oh my God. On yeah. The, the right arm. It had to have surgery on it. Um, and then I was, my son bought a, a Labrador. And so when he was eight weeks old, my son asked me to, to dog sit and I said, okay. And I was in my apartment and dogs, puppies, they like to get between your feet. It got between my feet and I was still healing from the surgery on my right arm and I fell and tore my uh, tricep oh my God. on my left arm. And so, and so at this point, people are going, how can this be a good story? This is, you know, and so I had to have surgery on that. Yeah. Ultimately, what happened was that I, I had to go through that, but I'm no longer able to be a bus driver. 
because my my arms don't right. look like they needed right right so I qualified for disability and i had disability through metro and so now um at 63 i was able to retire and do this full time it wouldn't have happened any other way isn't that something i, I you know Oh, that's, that's a powerful story. I have to tell you the same, you know, when you're, you know, to back up, you were saying about how, you know, you have to listen and pay attention. Yes. Well, I worked at, I had a, a really, I was really good at what I did. And I uh, was there for eight years. And towards the last year, I got rear-ended, tapped, rear-ended three times, year and a half. I had to take some time off because I'd hurt my elbow. I did something <laughs> funny how that works. And I think within mm, three months, I got rear-ended again. I was on my way to pick up my husband. And I thought, well, that's crazy. And it was the same weekend I was going to start. <laughs> this is the way I, this is the way my, you know, there was just, it was just green. There was no like caution, red, slow it down, baby. It was just full on. And that's how I'd always live my life. I listened to little things that would say, Sandy, Sandy, honey, I think you're, I think you're kind of on that, you know, I think you need to slow it down. But I just was like, I was successful. You know, I, I, you know, in kindness to myself, I believe my own press, but it was, it felt really good to be successful and people wanted to hire me. And it was, you know, I was 50 and it was like, yay, man, I've worked hard to get here. Meanwhile, I get, that's the fourth rear end. It was exactly six months later, I was driving on 15th, you know, down here on 15th. By the right. um, by the Valley Bridge, and I got rear-ended, and that was a game changer. I that I was down for the count. I had a traumatic brain injury. I was for the following. Let's see, that was fifty-one, ten years ago, I think. And for the following two to three years, I had to do speech pathology just to just to get my brain working again. I mean, I'm so blessed that I wasn't like handicapped permanently or anything like that. But my brain just wasn't it wasn't clicking the same way. And I had moments at that time, I had some terrifying moments through the course of that period where I thought oh, I'd never God. come back. I was terrifying. I mean, and I had angels all along the way. You know, I had somebody who told me that, you know, that um, car accidents or sickness never touched the essence of who we are. You know, it was this God shot where I just, and at that point too, I had to stop. And that allowed me a few years later to do the work I'm doing now, which is night and day from what I used to do, but I love it. It's what I've been called to do. So I always say to women that are like, yeah, I know. I, I, and I don't do it as like a cautionary tale, but I do say, you know, listen, <laughs> listen, started off losing my car keys and it got into like getting tapped, you know, it's like, and I don't believe in a vengeful spirit. You know, my, 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 my faith isn't about that. But I do believe that if I don't pay attention uh, sooner or later, something's going to give. I just and I've had I've worked with too many people, men and women that have had a similar experience, like they couldn't stop on their own. And you can choose at that point whether you follow the calling. And I say calling is like that little like. God, I've always, you know, what would it be like to have a talk show, you know? And for me, it's like this. The work I'm doing now is a result of a vision board I made 30 years ago. It's not the job, but it was the feeling that I got, like making a difference, working with people, like really bringing it all forward. And um, so it's just, you know, that's 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 like if anything, if your listeners walk away with anything today, it's please listen, 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 do some writing in the morning, listen, 
And be careful of what you ask for because the universe is going to work to provide it for you. And if it means slowing you down a little bit in order for the, you get to, to see the outcome, yeah. uh, the, a positive outcome. See, that's 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 what I call the 50,000-foot view. Yeah. Is we, we're sitting in the middle of the forest, and we get to see the tree in front of us and the tree behind us, and we have to continue to walk through the forest. And we have to trust that we're going in the right direction because the universe has it in their their power to have us go in the right direction. And if we start going in the wrong direction, they nudge us back. If you pay attention, they nudge us back. If you pay attention. If you I, don't pay attention, they nudge, they nudge you harder. <laughs> to, if they want and to. I'm always really reticent to say, look, I don't believe in a vengeful anything. I don't. But I believe that that calling, <clears throat> that that calling, that whatever it is, and, and everybody has it. Some people, a lot of people are doing it, right? Yep. And and my particular flavor, just to kind of uh, backpedal a little bit, my particular flavor, when I talk about a limb dweller, I talk about someone who it is their nature. They It's the way we think. We think totally different. You know, and people have been, it's not flaky. There's people that have, I've met limb dwellers that are CEOs, but it's just their perspective. They just have this really wide, big perspective with ideas and thoughts, and there's nothing flaky about it. And people that are on the, that are trying, we, we need both parts of the tree. Trunk dwellers are great because they have their view that goes how far out, how long. And a lot of them are doing what they're called to do. But with limb dwellers, it's always like it's like, it's just the analogy I use to say, you know, sometimes I sit on the bench, you know, on the limb with you. And sometimes it's time to go to a different limb, you know, but, but who you are, it's like saying you have brown eyes, you know, d debating with someone that they have brown eyes, shaming somebody because they do things different because you just so happen to like, you know, so you have a couple of different jobs. It's not it's it's not the nine to five routine. But there's something leading you along the way. And I think that's what you're talking about. It's like listening to just, it's, I don't know, that's the shame. That's the thing I love working with my clients. That's what I do. We spend about the first month trying to get that shame about being different out of the, you know, not out of the way, but in perspective so that we can really start listening. And it's a powerful practice. You know, and I, 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 I agree with you hundred percent because it's, the, there are people, my dad was one, that wanted the 40 years in a watch. That's right. And uh, he worked for Nordstrom, and he worked very, very hard. He, um, and he, he, he rose through the ranks, and he was there. I asked him uh, about three months before he passed away. I said, were you happy with your work life? Were you happy doing that? And he said, well... I had a family, I had three kids to support, and that was just my job. That's just what I needed to do to make that happen. Truth be known, he wanted to be a golf pro. And Aww. he would have loved to have, have worked in a golf course and, and run the, uh, the clubhouse and, and do all of that and then be able to play more golf and, and stuff like that. And so I asked him, did you, did, do you regret not being, did you have any regrets in life? And his he and he responded just this way. Oh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And the, to me, that said, "Well, Dad, you had regrets, and I'm sorry that that you weren't able to follow your passion." And so it became a mission of mine to always follow my passion. 
Oh, you know what? Absolutely. I mean, that, I don't think that was even a question at the time. Like I asked my mom the same thing. It wasn't a question, no. you know, it wasn't like that wasn't an option. And that's why it's like such an amazing experience that we have now yep. because it is an option. It is an option that that all of a sudden the, the internal ageism and external ageism, this thing about how you're washed up when you're 50 and you should retire by the time you're this age. You know, we're in a whole different time and place because I did. I asked my mom that, and, you know, I was like, would you have wanted to do anything? She goes, what are you talking about this? You know, I raised kids because it wasn't in her vocabulary. I was speaking French to her. She never had that option. But I think we talked about this once. My stepfather. And it's something that, you know, those moments, you know, that really that snapshot, those, you know, we all have our snapshots when we think about something. One of the most vivid snapshots I have from when I was in my early 20s was my stepfather, who uh, was in radio. He was a he was just he was just an amazing guy, self-educated, brilliant guy. And I remember he um, I think at 62, they they changed radio stations. Surprise, surprise. Somebody bought him out and, and he basically got booted. And I remember talking with him once and I said, is there anything you ever regret? And he said, yeah. I mean, he didn't, it wasn't like he even did that. Oh, let me think about it. He goes, oh yeah. And I was, you know, it's like pray tell. And he said it was when during the war, he was selling war bonds, I think. And mm. something, something happened where he got approached by somebody from Detroit, one of the big three automakers in Detroit. It was a killer job and they really wanted him to take it. And it was something he would have loved to have done. But his wife at the time, you know, they were raising, you know, two boys and his wife just had no desire to move. So he didn't do it. But he talked about that regret a lot. And it was just one of those things. And he made a choice because, you know, he had a wife and two kids and, you know, he probably could have made it happen. I don't know if how, how I didn't, you know, I don't know the, the specifics, but um, it was important that he honor his family. And he did do that. You know, today we have a lot more options. People can work on Zoom. I mean, it's like it's just a whole different world. But, you know, with your dad and with my stepfather, you know, it's and my mom, it was just a different time. It's like my dad said, you know, I, I was a one trick pony. Oh. I could I could go to work and I could work hard. Right. That's, that took everything. And so consequently, when I was growing up, he wasn't around much. Right. And in stuff because he was working six days a week. Right. You know, right. so, so from that standpoint, so I, I have always wrestled with the fact, would I have rather had less and had him like coach my baseball team or be involved with me more so with sports or whatever? Um, and I, I, you know, and I, I think I would have rather, I, I loved him. I didn't love his job nor his money. Right. Right. Not a lot of choices back then. You, you didn't. And so a, we, are, we are just living in a phenomenal time. Oh my God. That's the thing. I, I talked to a lot of the women I work with. I said, you're going to be the role model for some of the, the, the younger ones that are coming up the rank. They get to see what age looks like, what age can look like. I, I coached a woman who was 78 years old, who was starting her own business. I was like, you go, girl. And she was dynamite. She was on, she was a New Yorker. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I got this. I was like, you go. <laughs> <laughs> and she was brilliant, you know, so I'm so it's just it's a different it's a different time. And a lot of that is also just your attitude, you know, one's attitude about age. I mean, that's one of the first things I talk with people about is about age, because I don't know if I, I don't know. I know we talked on so far. I can't remember. I told you, but my mom had the most amazing 
amazing attitude about age. Like which I have three sisters and my mom would be like, girls, girls, like I'm turning 40. It's the best years of life. And we were like, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> whatever. And then she did it at 50, right? She's like, oh my God, it's not, you just start living in your 50s. And she did it to her 60s. And then by the time she got to her 70s and then towards the end, she fell and her body you know, her body was giving her grief and, but she still had that spirit. My mom was, my mom was so funny in the, in the um, assisted living and skilled, or skilled living facility she lived in. The nurses and NAs would come and talk to my mom because she always, she always had a joke. She just made them laugh. My mom just had this attitude and she gave it to me. And I just assumed everybody was excited when they got older. I was like, yay, I'm 60. And they're like, what? <laughs> And I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? 60s a magic elixir, man. It is. This is the bomb. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so it's all attitude, right? Oh, absolutely. And choice. You, know, you get to choose how you think. Every, every, Everything is a choice and everything is attitude. Yeah. And if you believe that, that 60 is the death, uh, that's the end of it, then guess what? You're going to start be. wearing frumpy clothes and you're going to, you know, it's like, <laughs> like no 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 you know it's it's but it's also you know i was lucky because i heard that at an early age and so i just kept saying that and saying that and saying that from the time it was like oh getting older getting older so i mean who doesn't have twinges when they turn 50 and sometimes when i look in the mirror i go wow babe looking good and there's the age you know but you know i try to catch myself and go you earned each one of these you know i was gonna say freckles but the wrinkles <laughs> big difference but you know Hey, and none. And at the end of the day, none of that matters. No, it you know. Doesn't. And for somebody like you, it, it what matters to you is that your legacy is going to be that you've helped somebody change their life mm. into something better than it is today. And, oh and that 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 is the highest calling that there is. Ugh. You know what? That brings tears to my eyes because that to me is everything. I mean, I have to tell you, Kevin, I was at a, I did a, I was a speaker at a conference and this is before I really owned Limb Dweller as a business. I, I had owned it internally, but I never really let other people know about it because it felt kind of woo-woo to me, you know, at that, because I was, I was a business guy, 35 years in marketing and sales and advertising. And, um, and so this is when I was consulting and I was starting to do some coaching and I was still doing the business thing. And, but I told the story about Limb Dweller. And this gal came up to me. She was 19 years old. And she came up to me and she was, oh, God, it makes me want to cry. She was crying because she said, Sandy, she said, that's the first time I felt like I was normal. Thank you. And I just, it's like, for one thing, my heart broke. She said, I, nobody gets me. You know, she said, I've always thought there was something wrong with me. And it was like, oh, I gave her a big hug. And it was, it was just, I mean, Really? <laughs> really? I mean, that to me, she's 19 years old and she, and she can take that and do something with her, with herself. And I mean, what's better than that? I mean, really? Wouldn't it be fun to follow up with her today? And yeah, I thought fun. about that. Yeah, because she was actually one of the reasons that experience was one of the reasons why I started really thinking about changing my whole business consulting model and to really own that this is that this has been this has been my spirit all along and i had no idea that there were others i really didn't i don't even know where tracy got the name i have googled it i have no idea she was just like that she was in pr she was just brilliant i think she just kind of came up with the idea on the spot 
And um, I just wish she was here. She was such an amazing, I mean, she is here. I actually, I feel her presence a lot. I think she would just, she was Irish. So I think she's doing a little jig because this was, you know, I mean, and what a very, legacy. She's very proud of you. Oh God. Thank you, Kevin. That means a lot. It really does. It's, it's everything. It is everything, right? She, and you know, in many ways she was, one of her missions here was to mentor you mm. when, when you really think about it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and she did, mm. she did a phenomenal job and you're, oh. you're now working to mentor other people so that they can live their best life. Because I'm convinced that if we can, if everyone would just try and live their best life and live their passion, we wouldn't have time for war. Mm. We wouldn't have time for hate or division or any of those things because we would be all be living our own, our own special way, our own special life. And so many of us don't feel that. So they, they have to reach out in hate and in anger because they're not getting what they want. And so, but they don't know that what they want is they can have it. They just need to want it and to, right. and to follow through with it. And, and to listen. And to listen. <laughs> yeah. and that's, that's why it's so important that, and I love, I love a limb dweller because you're, you're right. There are people, I think the longest job I've ever had was 12 years. I was driving for Metro. Uh, and, but other than that, that was like double the oh, longest absolutely. job I've ever, ever had. Eight years, and it was like that was my crowning glory. It was like people, <laughs> people that knew me, they were like eight years, really, because I'd been a consultant. I mean, I was picking, you know, picking up a lot of knowledge along the way. But yeah, I, I kind of figured that, Kevin. To be honest, about the first ten minutes I talked to you, it was like, oh yeah, <laughs> I have this little limb dweller quiz. It's kind of fun. I'm putting it back up on my website, and it's so fun. It's just, it's just like, how, how long have you been at your job? How, you know, and just different ways of thinking. Because people, you know, it's limb dwellers, again, a lot of them work in corporate America. And I actually get to talk to them when they're in their mid to late 50, you know, mid 50s to say, they're like, I'm done. This is my time. I have been doing this for the kids, the marriage, the family, for the community. It is my time. And it's a powerful place to put a stake in the ground. It's like, okay, Absolutely. let's do this. There was a, um, on last Friday, I had a, uh, his name is Reverend Rob and he's a tarot card reader. And I don't know if mm. you believe in that kind of thing or mm -hmm. not, but a lady called up and she said she had a quandary. She had a, a, a career decision she was having to make. She said, you know, I'm 70 and then she's still working and she makes enough money on her social security where she could live off her social security, but she gets a little nicer things in life because she's still working but she's not following her passion. Mm -hmm. And so her, her question was, will I be able to follow my passion in the next year and or year and a half? And he said, yeah, without a doubt, do you think that you should do that? My response was, what the hell are you waiting for? Get it mm -hmm. done. Do it now. Um, your heart is free. Have the courage to follow it. Yeah. Do it now because it, like like what happened like what happened with my mom she went to play bridge on wednesday she's 90 of course and she thought she was going to live to be 106 
She goes and play bridge, plays bridge on Wednesday, goes out to dinner on Thursday, plays bridge again Saturday or Friday afternoon. She was going to play bridge again on Saturday. She died overnight. Wow. Um, just and it was it shocked that it was a complete oh a yeah complete shock. So you don't know when your expiration date is. Ab- and, you know what? Absolutely. And so Absolutely. You know, I'm sorry well, for your loss. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a local since you're you and I are both local. There's a um, um, sportscaster. His name was um, uh, John Clayton. They called him the professor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. And wow. He, he, was on, he was on the local Cairo. Yeah. And stuff. He was on Wednesday. And he, he said, and they said, it was, he would always do an afternoon segment at 4 o'clock. So I always tried to listen to that because he was very insightful about the Seahawks, which were both Seahawks fans, I'm sure, yeah, yeah. and and stuff, and uh, um, and so on Wednesday they 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 cut it short. He did ten minutes uh, because uh, they said, "Well, I know you're not feeling very well, so we'll let you go early." And he called in sick on Thursday. He died on Friday. Wow. You don't know no, you when don't. your time is up here. You don't. Make a difference today. Don't wait, because if you wait, you may never get the chance to make the difference that you were brought here to do. That's my message. Oh, here, here. And if I may add to that, it's also like it is so it is like it lights. I get to see people light up. Isn't that, isn't that cool to oh, be able to do that? I can see it. And I do all my business. I do all my coaching and classes and everything on Zoom. And I see people just light up, like their whole face lights up. So it's 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 so funny. It's like you may be making a difference by showing your kids, your grandkids, your neighbors, what it's like to be in alignment. Because that's really what we're talking about here. We're talking about alignment. And that's, a you know, and it's not, it's, you know, I always think about chiropractors, you know, what they've been to get you in alignment. It's like, <laughs> but I have to say that I never, honestly, even owning a limb dweller and all that stuff when I was younger, I, I didn't know that was the word alignment. But when I did my vision, that little, I did a vision board every year for about 30 years. And so I could kind of see the trajectory of my life. It was kind of, it was pretty fascinating. Like that's where I met my husband that year, you know, because it was just, it was just what my friends we would do every year at New Year's. And the vision that I had for Sandy in her sixties, right. You know, it was just this whole look, but all the pictures were in line. It was really amazing. And to be able to do something in my life that is, that, that is, that vibes with every fiber of my being, it has opened up so much. It has, it has opened up possibilities where none ever lived before. And it's, you know, to your point, there's an ease to it. And it doesn't mean it's, you know, owning a business. It's hard. Come on. There are times where, you know, I got to, you got to get business. You got to do all that stuff. But in all that time, there's only been once that I thought maybe I should get a dog walking job. You know, maybe I should, but even that was like, I just said it because I thought it, you know, I just had a weaker <laughs> moment. It was like, well, no. Somebody might think I'm normal if I say that. <laughs> it was kind of like, yeah. And it was also like, yeah, I should do that. That's the right thing to do. And it was like, no, sweetie, that's not what you're going to do. Just keep going. So. And the, the beautiful thing is you are a living testament to what you mm. preach. Because oh. Absolutely. You, you, you've done it yourself. Yeah. And now, you know, people that are are wanting to work with you, but they're just sticking their toe into the end of the water to see if it's not too cold right. or whatever. Um, you're you're able to help them and say, just go, 
just go do it. You're not going to be here forever. And, uh, you know, and, and some of it's hard, you know, Oh, absolutely. It takes a lot of courage. Yeah. Well, me doing that cost me my marriage as it turns out, uh, that was a good thing, um, for me, Uh, but see, we don't get it. We don't get to see the long-term ramifications of some of those things. And when, when negative people fall away from you, um, they get to be replaced by positive people. Yeah, I really do. I totally believe that. You know, I um, I had someone ask me like, well, what do I do if I feel like a limb dweller? You know, I mean, like I'm a limb dweller. Now what? And, and I always say, look, you know, shame flourishes in isolation. Look for your people. You don't have to give up all your friends. You don't have to change jobs, but start looking for your people. Start noticing those that you really resonate with. Get a posse. You know, get a group of people that you can just talk and feel free and to be able to feel like this is, you're with your people because it really is lonely otherwise, you know, it's, you know, taking that path and really doing it. It's, it's, it's amazing to have a group of people. Now, do you also teach people to be comfortable with themselves? Well, anytime you're talking about alignment, it's all about comfortable with yourself. I mean, it's so what I'm so I do a program called um, Confidence Core Calling, and it's a 12 week program. I I work with women. I do individual coaching. But then when I'm talking to them and if they're in a place where they're like, you know, I really want to I want (laughs) to. That's pretty much it. I just want to. And they're feeling really stuck. Then we do this whole like we spend a month doing your internal board of directors. Who's saying what? You're the president. You are the president. So you get to listen to what's going on. And it's fascinating. It is like there, it's just like, oh, what is it? I, I had no idea. Oh, I had no idea. So, you know, like I have Judge Judy, JJ. She's, you know, Judge Judy always has something to say. And then I have, you know, oh my God, I have, um, uh, I'm, God, I'm tr- just talked to him this morning. It sounds like I'm crazy. <laughs> but I do. I have Fatty Annie who has comments about my body. I have the shamer. I have all these, you know, but I've named them and I have little board meetings, but I'm the president. So it allows me to step. This is where the confidence and how when this has been my experience. This is what I've done during transition. And it's what I'm doing with my clients. It allows me to step back and listen and just write so that I can start realizing that, you know, these are voices in the orchestra pit. I'm the conductor. What happens is most of us live a pretty rudderless life internally because we don't really have a way of knowing who's, you know, it's what we don't know about ourselves that runs us. And so this gives people the opportunity to really write down, like put a, put an issue in the middle of you know, a piece of paper, like, should I take this job? And then see, just notice the comments that come up and be the president. So it's a whole process that I do. Whereas the president, it's like, okay, meeting adjourned. I got enough information. Oh, you're still going? Okay, you guys are going to have to take that offline. But it really, it gives one the, the confidence to know that I'm making a choice and I'm getting every, I'm like getting a green signal. I'm not getting so much tug of war all the time. It's like, should I, should, that's the struggle is that tug of war, that internal messaging, like, should I do this? Shouldn't I do this? Oh, if you do that, what will people think? But yeah, but this is my passion. Oh yeah, but you know. Yada, yada, you know, I won't make any money, but how do I know? I don't, you know, and it's like crazy. And it's like, just go take a nap. It's exhausting. You know, it is. It's like, it's, it's, it takes a lot of courage to do the work that I do with my clients. And then we go on to do the, the core. And that's about the values. Like, how do you want to view this moving forward? And by that time, when we get to the calling, it gets really clear. 
because when you, I just say you make room for grace, you know, you quiet it down enough so that grace can, I don't honestly, I don't know how it works. Thank God. I don't know how it works, but somehow I know that I've put these things together. It helped me and I'm helping others. And I, it's, there's all sorts of neuroscience, you know, you know, our no, brain. You, you said, you said the uh, magic word, I think, which is alignment. Yeah. Um, you're in alignment with your purpose and other people are able to line up with their purpose. Ugh. And when that happens, everything becomes easy. Real quick story for you. Sure. Um, when I, when I was doing the radio, I got came by and she had a network marketing thing. It was called Isogenics. I don't know if you've heard of it. Hmm. And I, so I joined it. It's a, it's, and, um, we had a call with an upper guy in Isogenics. Uh, there were six of us, five women and me, and we would go have a call with him every day, and uh, and he would tell us what to do and how to do it. So this is how you're going to build your business. Okay, this is what you're going to do to go build your business. And and it was really nice of him to do that. Um, but we were in his downline, if you know what that means. That so that's that so we could be financially advantageous to him. And the five and the six of us were like, man, this is hard. I don't know. I don't think I can do this. It's really difficult. And then, and we all had that mindset that it's really difficult. Until one day, one of the gals came back. Her name is Nicole, and um, I can give her information if somebody wants it. But her name is Nicole, and she came back and she said, you know what? This is easy. I can do this. This is not a problem for me. I can do, and we were all like, oh man, this is hard. I don't know. If, how can you say it's easy when this is really hard? You know, and, and, uh, and she is now, she was the 64th millionaire in that company. Good Lord. Makes perfect sense though, doesn't it? It does because she, she transitioned away from, this is hard. I can't do it. This is easy. I can do this. It flows. The energy started to flow and she became wildly successful she's made over two million dollars with that company at this good point. lord but because, and it was all because of the mindset and that's what you encourage people to do isn't it pretty much i mean yeah absolutely because it's it's just knowing the mind before you can set it <laughs> you know so <laughs> there's a good point well you know i i mean seriously it's like all this noise that's happening um but boy those stories isn't it amazing the stories I can I do we have time? Can I tell you this one story? Of course. Oh God, this is such I love this. So I've been doing mindset work. And you know, before I started doing the work that I'm doing now, I've always done workshops on all sorts of stuff. And anyway, um, I was really into storytelling and the stories we tell ourselves. And I remember my husband, and I I, I hope he doesn't well, hopefully he'll never hear this. So <laughs> but it doesn't matter. He, he knows I've told this story, I've shared it. So when he was about 18, he grew up in New York. He was, um, he took this uh, martial arts called American combat and it was, oh, I it, yeah. So, so he was, he was getting pretty proficient at it. He had a whole group of homies. They were doing it all together. And then they went at one time, the instructor had some of the older guys that had a different higher belt. I don't know the, the terminology, but a different color belt, which when you, you have to bow to the person that's ahead of you as part of the lineage, right? So he bowed to this guy that he was a, who was a bully at the same high school they went to, and this guy kicked him and floored him, kicked him in the head and knocked him out. And um, he had lived with that story that if you bow to someone, you'll get kicked in the head. 
And he came up to me one day and he said, Sandy, remember that story? Because it was so poignant. I was like, oh my God, that's just, what a horrible thing to happen. He said, yeah, but listen to this one. I go, okay. He said, same situation happened. Only instead of me, you know, bowing when he did that and, you know, kicked me, I got up and just pounded him one and knocked him down flat. And what happened was that Mulligan, who was the guy that, that was the leader, he actually pulled my husband to the friend of the group and he said, gentlemen, I don't prescribe, you know, subscribe to the idea of, you know, kicking or, you know, punching someone out. But I got to tell you, this is what a man looks like. Wow. This is what a man looks like. So during the course of our time, you know, together since that, every so often I'll look at him and I'll say, this is what a man looks like. It completely altered how I looked at my husband too. It's amazing. And it made him feel really really special yep and as, as we you know and you're right because the stories we tell ourselves oftentimes it sounds like my mother's voice um yes <laughs> yeah the, the stories we tell ourselves are very seldom accurate if oh, ever yeah and and we tell ourselves stuff that uh um that would make your skin crawl, and then we, and then we're supposed to go and be happy, go lucky, and and, and go have, out there and meet the world, and yeah, yeah, have a real positive life, and have a real positive impact, and all that kind of stuff. You have to get through it, uh, yeah. and stop telling yourself these stupid stories. Well, Tracy, the you know Tracy O'Day used to always tell me, honey, you know we all are going to tell ourselves stories. You might as well tell a story that works for you. And it was like, okie dokie. So I, you know, I have to, because the reality is who cares? You know, I have made, I've changed stories in my mind. I'll probably be one of those crazy old ladies. Yay. But I'll probably be one of those crazy old ladies that that's like, oh, it didn't happen like that, you know, to my nephews and my, you know, all the, all the little ones. No, no, this is how it really happened. And they're like, ooh, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> There's stories. You know, you know, Sandy, I'm, um, I wanted to have you on positive talk this morning. We couldn't make that work. Can we do that and have you on KKNW at another oh, time? Oh, I would love it. Oh, I'd love it. I'd love talking with you, Kevin. This is, thank you. I love what you're doing. I so appreciate anybody, you know, that brings a positive voice to the world. Cause you know, we need it. So thank I, you for I, what you do. Well, no, I, thank you for what you're doing because yeah. you are, and, and how's your book coming? You know, I'm talking to someone, I've got the name, I've got the outline, and I'm talking to someone today. I'm, I'm, it's going to be stories of limb dwellers, funny stories about people that just are out of step. But I'm also going to make the second part like a wor workbook so that people that do feel out of step can get a group of people together and kind of have a reason to get together and just so they feel like they can create a sense of community. Sense of community is so big. And now, now we can all do it on Zoom. Yep. And it doesn't cost anything. And it doesn't it costs cost. Very little. Yeah. Yeah. And, absolutely. You know. So I'll keep you posted. But my goal is to have it um, completed by the end of the year, outlined and completed by the end of the year. So now I got to, now I, that's the story I'm telling myself and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> there you go. That's all you can do. Absolutely. And, uh, by the way, we've been, we've been talking with uh, Sandy and it's, uh, and Sandy's uh, it's tomato. Thank you. It takes me a minute sometimes to get the brain and the tongue working in unison, right? Uh, which is maybe never. I'm, I'm not going to. No, I'm not going to go there. Um, <laughs> and uh, if you want to get a hold of her, uh, you can reach her by going to limbdweller.com 
or Sandy, S-A-N-D-Y, at limbdweller.com. Very good. And that, and go to her website, limbdweller.com. She's got all kinds of stuff about who she is, where she came from, and where you can go if you work with her. Absolutely. Or, and it's, 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 it's a really nice-looking website, too. Oh, right? thank as you. I, as I'm scrolling through it. Um, <laughs> You know, talking about stories, and I'll leave uh, I'll leave you and our audience with this, is that uh, I truly believe now that uh, every time I wake up in the morning, my life is empty and meaningless. And when people hear me say that, they go, oh, no, come on, you've got the podcast, you do the radio. No, you misunderstand me. When I wake up in the morning, my life is empty, which is so cool because I can fill it up with whatever I want. And it's meaningless until I assign what meaning it's going to have. I love that. So Okay, I'm swiping that one. I'll give you credit for it, but I'm swiping that one. You, well, I, to, to be fair, I stole it from somebody else. So, you know. That's all we are is just stealing machines. Exactly. But uh, oh, so if, you, if you're feeling like you don't um, matter, you don't. So decide how you're going to make a difference in, in your life, even if it's just for the moment, even if it's just smiling at a cashier, yeah. you know, or, or call Sandy and, ha- and she can help you kind of ne- negotiate this for anybody who thinks this life is easy. It's not. And for those who pretend to tell you that they're motivational speakers and they're all this and that, that they're special, they've had troubles too. They they put their pants on one leg at a time. They're not perfect. And uh, so give yourself a break. Call Sandy. You're she here. can help. Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Well, I, I enjoy it immensely. And you're 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 an awesome person. And uh, and you're working you. to help people. And yeah. that's you know, that's that's really cool. So thanks. Thank you. You stay right where you are. I'll stay be here. right back. Okay. Thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of KMmedia.pro. Please visit our website, oddly enough, named KMmedia.pro for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to each other because each other's all we've got. We'll see you next time.